Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hey, everybody. We have a really, really special show today, um, and it is basically based on the fact that I had the great opportunity to attend the Crypto Invest Summit last week, and we heard from um, a few weeks ago, Tony Winders um, and also Elon Goran, who were, um, Elon was the uh, principal at organizing the Crypto Invest Summit, and Tony, whose company, Vinders, um, the Vinders Group, was the uh, PR group um, on the show, is here on, on the line with us to, to talk about some of the people that we got to meet and learn from. And we have a series of interviews that we're going to play for you in a moment. But Tony, just remind everybody who you are and what your background is. Hey, Lori, Tony Winders uh, from the Winders Group. Thanks for having me back on the show, and I'm looking forward to breaking down uh, some of the interviews that you did at Crypto Invest Summit. It was quite a quite an amazing conference. Uh, you know, lines around the corner to get into everything. Over 4,000 people attended, and the the media booth where you were set up was there were constant interviews going on. Just what a great energy around that conference! It was great having you there, and look forward to hearing some of the interviews that you were able to capture there. So I had the great opportunity to speak to a number of different people who are all doing. Um, really interesting things in different business categories, but all leveraging the blockchain and uh, this world of cryptocurrency. Um, and uh, of course, the summit itself was focused on investment around the space and and just new business models. So we're going to jump right into the first interview, which is with a company called Shelter Zoom, and I know they're clients of yours separately. Um, I loved talking to these guys. This was Amir Allen. And I, I hope I'm saying this right, Ellis Shahi and also uh, Chow Chang Shortland. I hope I did that right. <laughs> You're pretty close. Uh, um, and they, they, um, they are in the real estate category, and they are basically revolutionizing real estate, both B2B and B2C, by leveraging the blockchain, right? And, and what else do you know about them? Well, this was one of my favorite projects that I discovered at the show. And the the reason is because it was it's a solid blockchain project that's working today. It wasn't like we're going to do this down the line and we're raising money in an ICO that, you know, it was we we built this, it's on the blockchain and it's solving a very important phase of the real estate transaction from the offer to acceptance. So it's a very specific narrow use case that's creating transparency and efficiency in them and will be very disruptive to the real estate uh, ecosystem in a you know super healthy and positive way. So I really like Great. this project. All right, well let's jump into the interview. We'll let them ta- we'll let them talk. Um I interviewed them over the course of the day. You might hear some volume issues. We'll do the best we can, but boy were they interesting. All right, so let's hear now from Shelter Zoom. Hi everybody, and we are back and I am interviewing live at the Crypto Invest Summit. And now we're going to jump into another popular business category and that is real estate and talk about how real estate and the blockchain are coming together. So I have Alan Alishai. Alishai. I never get names right, by the way. And Chow Shortland? Yeah, Shortland. Shortland. See, I even watched the easy one. (laughs) (laughs) So, So tell us what you're doing here at the Crypto Invest Summit and what Shelter Zoom is up to. Yeah. So ShelterZoon is basically a real estate uh, online offer and acceptance um, the serv- uh, service provider. So we are a prop tech uh, company, a new startup. 
So we um, basically came together about 18 months ago, and then Shelter Zoom was um, incorporated a year ago. And uh, last um, whole year, basically, we've been really looking through the innovation in the real estate industry, and we um, realized um, a couple of things. One is the real estate industry really requires transparency and um, security and auditability. And until today, there has been no uh, really online offer and uh, an acceptance platform, which is really um, can be integrated with any uh, real estate website. And the, one of the reasons we believe is because um, buyers or renters, they don't really want to give out all this information. And because once you submit it online, the information can be um, get hold of by a lot of people. And with blockchain, this problem actually will be solved because the information you submitted through our online offer um, application will only be um, viewable by yourself and also the people in the deal. So that's the, the power of blockchain. And then another um, problem is the real estate industry um, so far has been actually quite um, uh, draw back in a way in, a, in terms of using technology in this kind of uh, you know, uh, functionality. So what Shelterzone has done is really to um, transform the, the industry and moving that to a much um, more transparent and open kind of industry and using a lot of digital um, you know, technology uh, capability. Yeah, up to now, uh, once the search ended, technology ceased to exist. Uh, you would have to resort to the manual method of calling uh, brokers and agents, maybe you could find them, maybe you couldn't, uh, maybe you could get the response on a timely fashion, maybe not, but now with our platform, the moment an offer has been generated from an affiliate's website, the people that are involved in the transaction will get a text message notifying them that an offer has been made on the property. So the listing agent will immediately be notified that an offer has been made. This offer could come from anywhere in the world because the websites are accessible from anywhere in the world. So uh, you, know, you could get an offer um, from someone in China or Russia or anywhere uh, and the real estate broker who's in charge of the transaction, the listing agent, will immediately know that an offer has been made on a property. Yeah. I, I, I just uh, was imagining how I, I, I rent a couple of properties and I usually end up getting photocopied a hundred times the same document where you can barely read it after a while. So you're going to really change the game for the entire process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, in, basically we have an app and once you have the, the app downloaded and you see the dashboard and the dashboard contains all the information about all your offer and all the, uh, the counter offer, revised offer, the whole the entire negotiation process, everything's built on blockchain. And then um, on top of that, uh, once you actually have the acceptance, you can even PDF your contract. So you have the entire agreement uh, on, uh, you know, in front of you on the, uh, the mobile and with a blockchain key as your e-signature. So which is really the, the first company in the world that has ever delivered this capability. And um, to be able to get every um, consumer and every uh, real estate professional enjoy our innovation, what we have done is a widget. 
So we actually created the two widgets, one called Offer Now, one called Rent Now. And those widgets can go on any real estate website. And if you are Remax, if you are, say, Zillow.com or, or any company or small brokerage, you can install our widget. Then anyone uh, from the world can make an offer on your listing. So that actually is, uh, is really a very different strategy than most of the companies because instead of we create one big website asking everyone to come to our own website, make an offer, we distribute the, uh, the widget to the entire network. So everyone can benefit from our innovation and any site install our widget will be on blockchain within an hour. This is basically... It totally modernizes yeah. um, existing um, yeah. um, websites that are really old technology and they really produce not much uh, by um, installing the widget, an affiliate website immediately comes into the age. So that oh, is. I love uh, that. So it's an easy transition for them. So, are you at all then, though, disintermediating the real estate agent? Uh, we actually, basically, the the um, the app we actually build, the the whole platform we build, is very much still um, u uh, utilizing this current process. So the model actually hasn't really changed. We still have buyer, seller, buyer agent, listing agent, listing broker. So the, and the, the people will stay the same. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. because the reason uh, listing agent and agents and brokers are still very important because they really bring two parties together, buyer and seller. Because if you get them to meet together directly, sometimes it will be quite difficult to negotiate. You do need a, a middleman in, in that process sense. And oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a broker for 30 years in New York City, and I can oh tell God, you... And you're alive. Uh, yes, and I survived, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I can tell you, realtors um, actually... Uh, bring a tremendous amount of value to the entire process. And now this platform actually gives the realtors something to make their lives easier and uh, make transactions much more uh, remote as opposed to having to be chained to the office and have to deal with all that paperwork immediately disappears. In our uh, process, a buyer can be in one place in the world, seller can be somewhere else, and the agent can actually be vacationing and still be able to manage the entire offer and acceptance process. Mm. And so will you be able to check, uh, do background checks on people as well? Yeah, so in uh, our um, the, the, uh, offer submission um, process, we actually require people to attach the uh, bank statement or pre a long pre-qualification letter to prove the funds. So basically, the uh, authentication uh, authentication process is quite rigid, and uh, it's very easy to use. But we do um, factor in, you know, different things because it's, it is a big transaction we're talking about. We need to make sure by whoever submitting off is genuine, and we don't really want those pseudo offers kind of, uh, you know, really dominate the market. So, so we basically building all those uh, logic, you know, and making sure people receiving the offer can um, very, you know, kind of um, in confidence those offers are genuine. And then um, I think, uh, yeah, other things is, um, you know, from the broker uh, and the agent perspective, they really get uh, the enormous uh, efficiency. But from the consumer perspective, it's a big winner. The consumer now can really see their offers now presented by the, uh, to the seller. And the and moment the, the seller the views seller the views offer, it, they see the buyer is so notified the, so the, the offer was gone. viewed. Exactly, the mystery, mystery gone. gone. Because yeah. often you hear 
buyers say, you know, I made an offer. I'm not even sure if the, uh, they, my offer was presented. Right. But yeah. with our platform, in real time, you can actually see the moment the seller views your offer, that your offer yeah. was viewed. So there is no mystery anymore. Yeah. Right. So uh, well, does, does Congress know about this? Well, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't mind if they mandated it. <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole if, uh, transparency is now really, you know, being uh, transformed through our platform. And, and we are really Yeah, security as well. So we're really the first uh, solution uh, on the market to give buyer, seller, buyer, agent, listing, every party involved in a transaction equal data. So everyone gets the opportunity, uh, you know, yeah. So, so will some other consumer experiences like the MLS move into the blockchain too? So the uh, NAR, which is a national association of realtors, they actually been very progressively thinking about blockchain. And the last half year or to even one year, um, they talk so much about blockchain. And now every conference you go to, there's always a blockchain, you know, topic. So we are really probably the, uh, the first company actually successfully deliver a working platform in this space. And also, not just that, we also really giving out the widget to all the uh, real estate um, companies or the operator, website operators an opportunity to move on to blockchain overnight. So that is actually a, a tremendous uh, achievement. You know, So that's why we see very rapid adoption, not only in the United States, but also globally. Because we actually build the application is completely compatible every country. So we um, build a, a form and every country can actually quickly configure to comply with their own uh, the, the local legislation. So every region and every uh, country can use that. Yeah. How did you guys get so smart? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so we, both of us are really in the business strategy and technology uh, strategy space in, you know, for many, many years. And we come together to put our brains together. But really, uh, what we really got lucky is our team. We have an amazing team and extremely experienced in blockchain and experienced in technology, in mobile app, in you know, all those aspects. Exactly. And we have multiple... Um, programming Olympic winners and uh, all participants. You know, they um, a lot. Uh, half of our team have gone through Olympic training in the programming. Oh wow! I love that. Yeah. Olympic training. So, um, so are they all like you know using opiates and things like that? <laughs> so are, what about the Zillows and the sites like that? Are they gonna? adopt your widget or like what happens to those very consumer-facing sites? Yeah, so um, in terms of Zillow, we haven't really um, had a, a chance to really talk to them. But what we actually really... Yeah, well, we're sure it will happen one day because um, yeah. we, there are so many companies now approaching us and talking to us. A lot of uh, the Fortune 500 companies or international companies are big, big players. So we all really working through and because we are new startup it, it, the whole response is very overwhelming and but we just manage so well and really making sure every rollout is successful so so yeah what um what, what, I mean, can I use it now? Is it ready? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we got two platforms ready, um, the offer now and the rent now. So anyone, our uh, really probably objective, our vision is this time next year, almost everyone in the world can use our widget to oh submit gosh. an online offer. You just gave me 
chill. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a feudal lord, so I like the idea yeah. that I'll be able to manage my properties. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. And you can. will have everything on one app. All right, and where can people learn about you? Where can they go? Yeah. So they, yeah, there are multiple ways of uh, looking at us. One is go to shelterzone.com and then you can sign up as a, an affiliate to put a button on your website or you can sign in and uh, you know to become a, our part of our network. Or you can download our app. It's an app called ShelterZoom, S-H-E-L-T-E-R-Z-O-O-M and ShelterZoom and you download at iTunes or Google Play. And then you can immediately see the whole list of affiliates and you can go to one of those websites to submit an offer, you know, if it happened to be a house you actually like. And then um, probably really uh, our, um, the, um, we have, have been um, having a lot of um, companies actually writing about us, like, you know, media outlets like yourself. Yeah. And we do have a lot of very wide um, coverage across the media, so you can find out information about yeah, us too. Where can we find you guys? Are you guys doing a lot of writing about all this and tweeting and blogging? Yeah, we do have a uh, very active yeah. uh, Twitter account, and we also have Facebook, we have uh, Instagram, so LinkedIn as well. So okay, yeah, all under ShelterZoom? Yeah, if you yeah. go to ShelterZoom.com, go to the bottom of our website and you can follow us on those. And are yeah. you on Telegram as well? Uh, no, we're not. But, but Telegram's more, I guess, for if you're building up to ICO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are already... We kind of... Uh, the ICO is not um, in our immediate plan yet. Right, and right. Yeah, but one of the things we are actually developing is the first uh, the, um, the mass market cryptocurrency uh, real estate uh, application. And it uh, will be the worldwide the first one. And it's using uh, the cryptocurrency to pay for... Um, like a rental uh, deposit or uh, payment, or, yeah, and eventually a purchase property and through the widget. I'm gonna um, hang out with you guys because you seem to know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much. So yeah. we, we have been mm. talking to. I'm gonna botch your name, so say your yeah. name. Yeah, and Chow Ching Shorland. That's my name. Yeah. Alan Ali Shahi. And with with Shelter Zoom, which is mm. killing it in real estate on the blockchain. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You so much. Yeah. All right, and that was an exciting interview at the Crypto Invest Summit with our friends over at ShelterZoom, a real estate, uh, real estate category um, on the blockchain. They, they were amazing, and they're just doing such interesting work, um, Tony, and I'm jealous that you're going to get to work with them. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think, <clears throat> yeah, we've got to figure out how to get adoption in a very, you know, like any industry that's stayed and um you know, and kind of tried and true, there's going to be resistance to this kind of disruption. So uh, we have to figure out how to appeal to all the different stakeholders in that ecosystem and, and get the brokers and the, and the realtors using this new technology. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. I'm totally all over it as someone who does rent a bunch of properties. But um, speaking of, of sort of creating some structure, some infrastructure for people to jump on, our next interview is with Mac McGarry. And um, Mac is a, a well-known executive in the sort of finance space. He's done a lot of different interesting things. His company is called Sweetbridge Blockchain Alliance. And they are actually kind of creating a economic framework for different um, blockchain companies. So we're going to hear from Mac about what they're doing and how they're going to help speed up adoption in a lot of different business categories. So let's uh, let's go to Mac. Hi everybody. 
everybody, and it's the Tech Cat, and we are interviewing live at the Crypto Invest Summit. And in front of me, I have Mac McGarry, who is president of Sweetbridge. So, Mac, tell us all about Sweetbridge. Great, thank you. It's nice to be here today. Um, just about an hour ago, I was on main stage here at the conference, and the topic was social impact. And my prediction is that that in five to ten years, companies are going to choose the products they buy based on the transparency of the supply chain. That corporate social responsibility begins with the supply chain. And what I didn't know years ago, what I know now, is like 40 million slaves are used in, in the production of products, um, that children are used and under terrible working conditions, and that certain products um, have chemicals or additives that we don't want to consume. But there's a difficulty for large companies to validate that this is fair trade, and, but I do believe that the competition that will disrupt the winners and determine the winners and losers five to ten years from now will be those companies that are most transparent but have an ethical and authentic supply chain will win. So in my last job, the last decade, working with big companies like Nike, we call them a channel master because they have 10,000 uh, suppliers. Uh, they were looking at configuration, cost, movement of product, um, and those people who could do that um, one, um, product differentiation and ability to do an omni-channel, to be able to sell it on the internet and in the store. But we think the next big disruptor is transparency. And we think the blockchain offers new opportunities to capture data at source deep into the supply chain. And we think by reversing the design paradigm from looking at what's good for the large brand owners, but let's look, let's look at it from the perspective of the genesis of supply chain, the farmers, uh, the, the people who work in the forestry, the people who work in mines, and then look up the supply chain. We've looked at it, we are building economic technology that's kind of trinkle up technology. If we take care of everybody in the supply chain, everybody eventually wins. It's not always obvious. So we're really thinking differently about the supply chain and doing it different than we have in the past. And we think that people are gonna invest in this new transparency regime because it's gonna be lower cost to adopt, um, it's going to be more verified. People are going to trust it. It's going to be considered lower risk. So that we hit the business objectives. Um, but their consumers and the social impact investors are going to say, I don't want to eat seafood where slaves were used. I don't want to buy products that aren't organic. Um, I don't want to buy smartphones that have children working in factories under undesirable conditions. And right now it's hard to prove these things, but we think that the blockchain as a data capture and immutable truth will allow us to do so. Envision a time where I, as a consumer, am going to be accessing that data that you're talking about when I go and buy like a bottle of shampoo. Like, how will that manifest? Yes, I think it, the idea is that it's decentralized, which is a manifesto that gets people excited. It's not always easy to understand what that means, but it translates into if we have a new set of standards where people can track and trace a product from origin to the store, that you're going to be able to use your cell phone to do a barcode and find out who made that product and go as deep as you want to go and not necessarily have the store be the source of information, but the immutable ledger that records that transmission and you'll have access to that. So there'll be maybe a QR code of some kind or something that will pull in that data. That's right. There'll be a unique identifier. And it's not just to reduce counterfeit, which brands care about, consumers care about, but it's this idea of creating a higher fidelity picture on what is this product, who made it, how was it made, how was it moved, how was it stored. 
And you don't want to go back and look at the, you know, thousands of pieces of data as a consumer. You just want to have a certification stamp that says this is what I think it is. And is, is SweetBridge then going to stay sort of the back-end engine, or will SweetBridge become that stamp? So SweetBridge, we are an open-source, nonprofit foundation. We create open-source protocols. So we're creating protocols for asset liquidity and settlement to enable the process. Because people, big companies, are not going to implement more regimes around what is this product and where it moves, unless it's cheap or there's an incentive to do so. And they won't get suppliers to provide the information unless there's an incentive for the suppliers. Um, companies, channel masters, don't want to pay more money for products. They want to pay less. But if you can say to them, we're going to provide liquidity to your suppliers so that they get paid on invoice or paid on on purchase order, then their cash conversion cycle improves. And you say, but in return for that increased liquidity, we want you to capture and report on the transition state from this movement for this movement. And then validate the workers involved are registered and they are appropriate. So we have to marry the economic incentive with the social merit or we won't, it won't work. So how do you think this looks five years from now? Well, five years from now, I think there will be transparent supply chains. Um, it may not be for all products, but certain channel masters will say, just like Omnichannel was a competitive advantage for Amazon, there'll be channel masters who say, my consumers care about how this product was made. I mean, today, to be fair, there are a lot of boutiques that have very small supply chains where they can say, this wool was harvested from these sheep in comfortable working conditions, and then no one was hurt in the manufacturing process. But the moment you get two or three tiers deep and far away in countries in Southeast Asia, it's hard to know. And so we do think within five years this will become manifest. And to your earlier question, we're enablers. We're not everything to all people. And it's a hyper-collaborative environment versus a hyper-competitive environment. What we want to do is set the vision and with cash and enabling technology, motivate people to take the right action. But it's going to be a collection of technologies. In fact, to be able to embrace and support this, we need the coalition of the willing, you know, the Gates Foundation, the World Wolf Bank, the World Food Program, um, and all these other third parties who are looking for solving the problem, but now coming together with a technology which can support the ambition, I think we'll have success. Uh, um, do, you, do you think that our government will get behind this, you know, on the federal side, on the state side? Um, I, I think eventually they will. I mean, I was in D.C. last week. We met with the Chamber of Commerce that facilitated as lobbyists opportunities to meet Congress and the U.S. Treasury. And we were talking about a capital markets and innovation. Um, there's a, a lack of IPOs, and the bigger companies are getting richer, and the individuals aren't able to invest. We think there's going to be some innovation in crowdfunding, um, and we do believe there are different types of tokens. So we do want to argue with the SEC that They've taken action to penalize the bad actors in this craziness around ICOs with fraudulent behavior, but they need to w work swiftly to enable the good actors. And then we also think because the U.S. government often weighs in on compliance, in fact, it might be the government contractors who are first to adopt absolute transparency, and the government will insist on it. And in the early days, they might be the early adopters, um, even if the big commercial consumer brands want that prestige associated with their brand. It actually might be some government contractors that are first to go for a totally transparent supply chain. And is this going to be a global play, um, or are you looking at one country? 
country. Well, supply chain is is global by its nature, um, and there's 40 to 60 percent of trade starts or has a value-added process in Asia. So you can't solve for a, 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 a supply chain problem without getting North American channel masters and suppliers to work with Asian suppliers. So this is an unusual startup. We have a lobbyist. You know, we have boots on the ground in Asia, and we go global early. It's not your typical startup where you start small, and then you work in one market and you expand. We actually go wide, fast, and this is at a rapid rate and very different than previous innovation waves. Mac, where can people learn more about what you're doing? We go to sweepbridge.com. We've got a lot of video content and a lot of partners. You know, we are an ecosystem. We have 30 partners who also help tell the story. So it's not just us. It's a coalition of the willing. And you'll find out more. Check out Sweepbridge. And the area that I'm most focused on is the alliance program and seeding the ecosystem for mutual benefit. And Mac, are you writing, blogging, tweeting, doing anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the most frequent blogger, um, but I do a lot of videos and interviews, and I am writing a white paper on transparency in the supply chain and how this will be the new competitive domain for consumer brands and business-to-business commerce, and that will be published in the summer, which will describe that big brands want to do the right thing, but they want to do so at the right cost, and they want to be able to say it's the right risk. So this is our big prediction, and if we're right, a lot of people will benefit. It's uh, mac.mcgarry at sweetbridge.com? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. awesome. <laughs> wow, Mac does such a great job of sort of underlying w- the potential of blockchain and also helping us understand um, what, what will happen when some of the infrastructure is laid out. Right? <clears throat> yeah, I, li- I love what they're doing. I think blockchain is uh, such a uh, – it's so obvious for supply chain – kind of transparency end to end and everything he was talking about resonates. I know there are a few projects out there like that. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting that Max said was about how they're kind of going necessarily wide, sort of a going global at the outset. And I think yeah, that's yeah. what's one of the interesting challenges with blockchain projects because they're so global by their nature that it sort of upends the idea of, uh, you know, starting in one region and then moving around the world. So I, I think that's a huge marketing challenge in terms of how do you how do you be global yet enter enter a market in a pragmatic way that where you can actually afford to to sort of market yourself and on on those terms. So I think that that'll be yeah, a challenge for that's them. That's a great a great part a great point for a marketer to mention. Well, we're going to jump next into an interview with Shane Brett from Gecko Governance, and um, Mac talked a little bit about compliance issues, and that's a number one issue for a lot of people who are going ICO, um, dealing with, especially right now, the U.S. government, not getting shut down, not following the rules, um, you know, skirting legal issues. Uh, so uh, Shane Brett's company is actually uh, coming up with a way to help people, to, to um, give them some guidelines. So we're going to hear from Shane Brett, Gecko Governance. Governance. Hi, everybody, and the Tech Cat is back, and we are broadcasting um, and interviewing live at the Crypto Invest Summit. And I have in front of me now Shane Brett, who is the CEO of Gecko Governance. So, Shane, tell us about Gecko Governance. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So, um, I set up Gecko Governance about three years ago after I ran a hedge fund consultancy in London 
So we managed a lot of compliance projects and found it very difficult to find good software for managing complex hedge fund and 40 act fund regulation. So we spent about two years building out the products and rolling it out with our first set of clients globally. And we opened offices in Dublin, in New York City, and over in Sydney in Australia. So we got some VC funding last year and our VC are heavily involved in the crypto space and ICO projects. And they found it very difficult to find really good enterprise level software for managing compliance in the crypto space. So about six months ago, we sat down with them and uh, decided to build out a new product called Crypto One, which specifically addresses kind of best practice and governance for ICO projects. So, um, so you're creating a enterprise solution for all crypto companies? For, for crypto funds and particularly for ICOs and token sales. There's a, there's a big divergence in governance standards. Some of them are really well run, really good updates for investors. You know, they, 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 um, they get themselves regulated and register with the financial authorities. Some of them are just not regulated at all and have no decent levels of governance in place. So what we're doing is we're just in the last stages of getting approval from the Isle of Man financial regulator as part of their crypto regime. And also we are uh, registering with the SEC here under Reg D and Reg, Reg S. So we're doing it kind of as a regulated um, offering to, to the markets. And we, we're a big believer that um, this industry, like all new areas of financial innovation the last 30 years, like derivatives or securitization or ETFs, eventually the hammer of compliance comes down pretty hard. So we make it easy for existing clients with our hedge fund products to just press a button and all the compliance rules to be managed and we are doing the same thing now for ICOs. So, and in the absence of rules from the US or Europe, we're, we're following a whole code of best practice that a really interesting nonprofit called the ICO Governance Foundation put out. They put out a white paper around some really good best practice rules for transparency and accountability to investors. So we're pulling all that into our solution. And then as new rules come out for Singapore and Switzerland, like recently, uh, even Estonia, Malta, Gibraltar, the Isle of Man, we're incorporating all that in our solution. And the idea really is to give investors in the crypto space live real-time compliance oversight to what their, these projects are doing with their money. And then also allowing regulators to come in whenever they want, maybe on a quarterly basis for reporting, or foundations, or even auditors as well. And what we've been doing is putting together a really good um, kind of ecosystem partners like Securitize who are here on the tech side, Waxman PR on the PR side, really good attorneys in Europe and in, in, in uh, the US, all who specialize in this area. And what we will do, we will bring them high quality projects through our portal that they can then sell their services to you know, and utilize our Gecko coins. And, and the idea is really that this area we believe is not going to reach its kind of full potential until it brings on proper levels of governance and risk and compliance. You know, we have some existing clients for, you know, named financial institutions, you know, tier one companies that would love to come into the crypto, but they can't because it doesn't have the right level of enterprise risk compliance software that they need for their board. If you're a HSBC or a Citibank, you know, there's a certain level of reporting and data that has to be there. And that governance just doesn't exist in the crypto um, um, a token sales space. So we've already done it in hedge funds and asset management, so now what we're doing is evolving that into the crypto space with our new product, Crypto One. Wow, you just said a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm well able to talk. <laughs> so let me ask a few questions. So one is that, um, what I'm noticing at least in the US, is that both state-wise and federal-wise, they're shutting down yeah. a lot of um, ICOs or yes. you know companies that are trying to get to ICO. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage that? 
you register with the SEC and you basically tell them what you're doing really early. So that, that's what we have done. And we have, we have basically proceeded here in the US as if our token was a security. That's so I can sleep at night, and also because really that's the way, the way we think the industry is going to go over the next couple of years. I see even yesterday one of the commissioners from the SEC, not Jay Clayton, but one of his colleagues, was actually saying that he thinks ICOs are a legitimate path to, path to raise funds as long as it's treated as a security. And our view longer term is that this is going to just be treated, crypto in general, as another asset class. 20 years ago when I started off in hedge funds, you know, there was very little regulation around them. Then 2008 happened and the area was much more heavily regulated. And now we're going through that transition phase in crypto where $9 million has been lost every day, you know, through scam artists or bad projects. And the regulators can't sit on their hands long term with that. You know, it makes them look a laughing stock. So normally when they come down with compliance, it tends to be quite um, punitive initially. So what we're expecting the next kind of 18 months is a, an, a whole wave of new compliance after July so the G20 are bringing out an important report in July to, to give some cryptocurrency guidelines and we're expecting the US and Europe to bring rules in, in the second half of the year. Then our industry will have a whole period of digesting, you know, di digest although probably, probably get indigestion actually trying to, trying to get those rules in place and then it, we're hoping it should take off again. But we believe by having you know, proper compliance software, proper compliance rules, you know, mainstream levels of governance and, and, and regulation that then hopefully will attract mainstream money which would, of course, massively increase the size of the cryptocurrency ecosystem. Wow, so I, I love that. So right now the companies that are being shut down right now are not, um, even if they're legitimate, mm -hmm. it's because they're not following any protocol? Well, so here in the US, you guys have the Securities Act from 1933, and that is really the, the cornerstone of securities law in the United States. So our VC company are up in Boston, so we're in our new fundraise, our new token sale, we're taking American money. So we're in the US, so we have to follow American securities law. That, that, that would be our view. Um, and, and, other, and otherwise, really, you're taking a, a, ver a very big risk. Certainly in the crypto world, some people feel that a securities law is kind of outdated, you know, 1933. But I've said to them, guys, it survived the Great Depression, the Second World War, the Cold War, the dot-com bubble. They're not going to change just because blockchain has come along. So in actual fact, you know, that, that period of regulatory realignments and enforcement is going to happen, and it is starting to happen now. And we actually believe the SEC until recently has been fairly benign. I mean, they've shut down a couple of fairly obviously scam projects. Not that many people are behind bars. Our view is probably this 2018 is the year of subpoenas, 2019 will probably be the year of trials, you know? <laughs> that, 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 so we'll see. <laughs> so what, what do you think comes next then? We get through the next year or two where the regulations sit in, the little companies go away. Yeah. Does blockchain become something that's not talked about so much, it's just there? Well, I, I, I mean, I think, I, mean, I agree with Arthur C. Clarke, you know, the science fiction writer? He, yeah. say, he said innovation, like, say, the internet. In the short term, it's always over-exaggerated in its influence. In the long term, it's always under-exaggerated. So we, we believe blockchain is going to change the world, absolutely. It's just going to take some time. Certainly with our existing business, which is blockchain integrated, we, we, would, we would do a lot of POCs and pilots with big, big financial institutions. But they're not always ready. Their innovation teams are all over it, but they're not always ready for maybe another year or so to put it into a live production environment. So on the blockchain side, that kind of transition is still going on. Uh, people are trying to make sure it's not like a hammer looking for a nail, but trying to find the right use cases. And for us in our business, compliance is an obvious one because if you're going to take people's money and do something with it, you know, you're going to have to answer to, 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 to not, not, not just the investors on one side who are obviously putting pressure on the ICOs to behave better and have better transparency, but then on the other side, the regulator is going, hey, you can't do that. You have to follow the laws in this country. So just like in hedge funds in 2009 after Matt 
cut off and after Lehman's collapsed, you've got dual pressures. Investors looking for more accountability and uh, regulators looking for more compliance. And then that squeeze in normally consolidates a sector and makes it grow up, you know. So longer term, I'd say we're probably going to see more, a more mature crypto space. And also from a volatility perspective, like cryptocurrency prices are so volatile, one of the reasons why is, is there's not enough liquidity in the market. If you had, you know, a Templeton or a Fidelity putting in $100 billion into this space, there'll be an awful lot more money around to make a market and the price of crypto wouldn't be so volatile. So again, those guys won't do that without proper compliance and regulation. So we want to be the one to have the technology for them to go, hey guys, when you're ready to come into crypto, we have the solution ready for you. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you, you mentioned that um, you see the blockchain and all of this really changing the world. Can you give me, from a, just a, a human being perspective, yeah, why, why do you think that? Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting here with a phone in my pocket. I don't think it's working very well anymore, but it's under guarantee. I'm going to have to try and find my receipt somewhere. If that phone, that retail purchase was on a blockchain, I could just basically prove that I owned it. It wasn't working anymore. Send it back to the owner. I want to see who that manufacturer is. Similarly, when I go home to my house at night, when I bought my first house in Ireland, I actually got a physical piece of paper from 200 years ago because it was an old house. And I had to sign the bottom of an ancient manuscript. That should all be on the blockchain to prove that Laurie owns that house. Shane bought this house. I bought it off you. We, we were even speaking to someone recently who owns a lot of patents, you know, for like intellectual property. That should all obviously be on a blockchain to prove that, you know, Laurie has this patent, Shane is licensing, licensing it off you. So many brilliant use cases for day-to-day -day living, you know. And uh, it's just, you know, the future's here, yeah, it's just not even, evenly distributed properly. So it's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, you have, that's an old one. So, so we'll see over the next couple of years. But certainly, I often find in areas of new technology, which tend to be very liberal, and I am too, you know, really like, let's hit this and let's do something, you know, really interesting. But then when it comes to managing people's money and particularly their, maybe their retirement funds, I want a lot, personally, I want a lot more rules around my retirement nest egg, you know, you know right. and I think that's, that's where we see an opportunity on the compliance side that the, the 401k people of the world, you know, the big pension funds are only going to look at crypto longer term if, the, if it's governed and ran from a regulatory perspective properly. We believe those rules are coming, so we want to have a technology solution ready to slot in there. So. Where can people find out more about what you're doing? Great. So our, so our company is geckogovernance.net. Our new product is called uh, Crypto One. So if you check out Gecko Token Sale, we've just opened our, uh, our private pre-sale this week and raised a million dollars last week, which is great. And we're launching our full public pre-sale at Consensus in New York in two weeks' time, which is very exciting. Right. Consensus is, is a big one for everybody. That's right. Consensus is the huge New York blockchain uh, conference. Uh, Token Summit is on. It's a whole week of, um, of, of different um, events. And I'm, I'm going to be pitching at that one on Monday morning, and I'm going to be pitching here at Crypto Invest tomorrow morning as well. So. Okay, and what about you, um, Shane? Are you yes. blogging, writing? Completely. So I've actually written two books on hedge fund regulation and probably 30 or 40 white papers over the years. So we would put out a lot of pieces. We had, in the last two weeks, we were in Yahoo Finance. I had a piece published in, in on the NASDAQ and also Investopedia and Coindesk last week. So we've been putting out a lot of pieces around the need for regulation in this unregulated space. And that the whole the whole thing I talked about, you know, you've got trillion dollar fund managers who would love to put in just one percent of their money into crypto. That's ten billion dollars, but they can't until it's regulated properly. So, and we can find you at Shane Brett at, at um, or Shane at geckogovernance.com. Yeah, Shane at geckogovernance.com. Absolutely. Okay, and are you 
tweeting as well. Tweeting, we've got about 50,000 social media followers between Twitter, LinkedIn, obviously Facebook. We have, um, we've got a, uh, we, so, so you, can, you guys can, uh, you can find me online, very active on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Twitter as well. And you know, we're, as we get close to our, the launch of our own token, we're putting out a lot of commentary and kind of thoughts around this whole area. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm just curious what drugs you're taking. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, that, this is just me normal. You have the most energy ever. <laughs> I'm actually really tired today. <laughs> We've been talking to the fabulous Shane Brett of Gecko Governance, who has just uh, set, set, gave me some great insights oh, on, so. on where this is all headed. Thank you. Thank Making you. it real, bringing regulation and compliance to a slightly shaky world in the U.S. right now, sure. but you're landing the plane for everybody. Fingers crossed. I hope so. We're, def we're definitely not going to crash it. We're going to have a smooth landing. <laughs> we're going to make sure. <laughs> Thank you. This is Lori Schwartz, your tech cat, talking from the Crypto Investment Summit. Cool. Well, I loved talking to him because that compliance issue, that regulation issue, is the one that comes up for everybody in the space right now. It's the the elephant in the room, and the SEC has telegraphed appropriately what they think, which is that all token sales and ICOs should be treated as a security. Obviously, uh, Shane agrees with that, and they're they're uh, you know they're. Uh, accommodating that helping helping the the blockchain companies to raise money in the US through these uh, these kind of regulatory protocols so I I think what they're doing is uh, is fantastic he obviously knows his stuff uh, yeah he was he's quite brilliant I just wanted him to say I'm giving it all she's got captain but he didn't say <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we've had someone talk about a business category like real estate we've had someone talk about enterprise and infrastructure and now compliance what we haven't talked about yet is security and privacy and so our next interview is with a gentleman named Hartej Sony with a, a company called Hosho Group, and they're going to talk about um, security and privacy and how to tie this all up, but also about this other theme, Tony, which you and I have talked about, which is how blockchain is going to change the world, um, and my conversation with him got kind of spiritual at the end, so awesome. it's really interesting. Yeah, let's take a listen. Hi, everybody, and we are back at the Crypto Invest Summit, and we've been talking to all sorts of wonderful people who are involved in the blockchain. And right now we have Hartej from the Hosho Group, who's going to talk to us about what he's doing. Yeah. Hi, thanks so much for having me. My name is Hartej Sani. I'm the co-founder of Hosho.io. And Hosho, the word itself actually means security in Japanese. And we've been laser focused on being the global leaders in blockchain security. So what that means is we offer a core service of smart contract auditing, penetration testing, and hosting bug bounties. And so when we're auditing a smart contract, what that means is a company has written a smart contract, either it's a functional smart contract or perhaps it's a contract for a token sale, an ICO, and we're basically doing a line-by-line -line code review to find any security vulnerabilities in this code and placing what we call a GPG sign of approval on the smart contract and then providing about a 15-page audit report that the company can share with exchanges and with investors to show that a professional third party has audited our code, there's no security vulnerabilities in it, and you're mitigating the risk for both the exchanges, for your investors, for your clients, for your lawyers, for anybody. And so we're working really closely with a full range of companies. Some are small ICOs and some are big publicly traded companies writing functional smart contracts. So, uh, when you, can you explain what a smart contract is? 
explain um, just in lay terms when you say smart contract? Basically, I know it's a living contract, but can you kind of talk about how it, how that is only part of blockchain? Yeah. So. Right now, in the world of blockchain, you're seeing people write smart contracts for, let's say, an ICO. And what this smart contract says is, if you invest this amount of dollars into this smart contract, then you will receive this amount of token, or this amount of, and it allocates the structure of how this token will operate. That if you, uh, upon the token generation event, the founders will be distributed this many tokens. It's in a multi-party agreement. <laughs> Uh, right, and it's and at the end of the day, this agreement is being written in business logic, and that's what we call the actual code. And so it's traditionally in tech, every time software was written, even if it was for some game like Angry Birds, say, when Angry Birds was about to be launched on the iTunes Store, the the engineering team sent that code to get audited by multiple parties. And we're bringing the exact same mentality into the blockchain industry because if there's a security penetration or a vulnerability in this space, when a smart contract gets hacked, it's money being lost and stolen, not just data. And it's like if I said your phone got hacked, most people would be like, whatever, because they didn't lose any money. But if I was like, no, no, this got hacked and your Bank of America application got hacked, you'd be like, oh no, I lost money. And so that's why everyone in this space, I think, the publicly traded companies are not moving at light speed because they want to know about security. They know that about 10% of all the money in the ICO space so far has been either lost or stolen. And huge exchanges are being hacked for hundreds of millions of dollars. And so it's a really new space and we're trying to help make the, the dust settle by focusing on cybersecurity. Where can people find out more about what you're doing? Hosho.io, H-O-S-H-O.io. We're on Twitter, Hosho Group. And I'm personally on Twitter, I'm the Hertage, H-A-R-T-E-J with a the in front of it because someone took my username with just my name and I refuse to do anything else. And, um, are, you, um, are you attending any other conferences? I know conferences are a big part of this world right now. They really are. I've been trying to only go to conferences where I'm a keynote speaker. Our team is growing. We have a, about to be 30 people full time in Las Vegas. Um, next I'm headed to Consensus in New York. I'm speaking at the Crypto Invest, no, this is the Crypto Invest Summit. The names are also very similar, by the way. They're all World Blockchain Crypto Forum Summit. I don't know. I'm speaking at a cybersecurity focus conference thrown by Max Kaiser that's overlapping with Consensus on May 15th. I am speaking at, a con at an event being thrown by Token Key in New York on the 16th, and I'll be at Consensus throughout the week. So I'm in New York from May 19th, May 11th to the 19th. And after that, I think in June we had to detainee in Tel Aviv. We do money conference in Dublin, followed by a crypto conference with some name in Zug, Switzerland. <laughs> so you're seeing the world. Is that, is that one of the unique things about this world right now, is that it is so immediately global? It's the best thing about the space. It's global and it's really human. And what I mean by human is that you have no choice in this industry but to treat every human being um, with zero judgment. You can't judge someone based upon English not being their first language. Most of our core circles in this community are we have Russians, people from Hong Kong, Singapore, China, Germany. We're all from really different walks of life with this new mission of taking advantage of something that for the first time humanity has a technology that's actually trustless. It's decentralized. And 
personally, you know, I tie a turban and a beard, and I was born and raised in New Jersey, and I'm often not treated like a human being except for major cities where there's diversity and a lack of ignorance where people are educated enough to know that my roots go back to Punjab, India and that I'm, I'm not a threat to you. And in crypto, I've, I've, I've been loving it. I'm treated like a human being consistently. No one is walking up to me and their second question isn't where are you from or where are you really from, or what's your religion, nothing. It's just like, let's talk about blockchain. And, right. and like, everyone who I've interviewed today has had a humanistic sort of, uh, a, you know, discussion about it. When you look at five years from now, what do you, what do you see that's different because of the blockchain? I see that the world's unbanked people and a lot of. I'm most excited personally about human populations that are not really cared about, that have not been cared about. You know, women, women that have been battered. Uh, people who don't have a bank account. These are billions of people on this earth that are not cared about. And um, countries like Myanmar just got electricity. And places like Africa, most of their population experienced the internet through mobile first. So they don't have as many telephone lines everywhere. They're already more, the infrastructure in Africa is already more decentralized. So in five years, I'm excited about second and third world countries leapfrogging the first, current first world countries by leveraging more decentralized technologies, right? Because countries like India and uh, Kenya and Nigeria and Ghana, they're not going to catch up to America. They're going to leap, continue to leapfrog as they already are. Right, like mobile payments in Africa are a whole different world. Credit card infrastructure was built for a physical credit card in America. And now in Africa, when you do a credit card transaction, it's via mobile. And the infrastructure was not built for that. And so we're seeing companies build things on blockchains like Stellar that you'll use an application like Uber in a country like Ghana and you didn't know that when you paid via credit card that the back of that application was built on a blockchain. And it made you no difference as a consumer, but it's a revolution on the back end. And that's what I'm excited about seeing in the blockchain space. Like you, you made, the consumers may not feel it. They may not feel the transition. I'm excited about these just instantaneous paradigm shifts in ways of living and ways of thinking. It's very exciting. I am waking up happy. <laughs> Especially because you're not in Jersey anymore. <laughs> True. I love Jersey. Jersey's great. <laughs> I was based on Long Island. Okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> well, tell us one more time where we can find out more about you and all of that. Uh, and I'll get you later for that. <laughs> um, I'm Hartead Sani. It's T-H-E-H-A-R-T-E-J on Twitter. The Hertage. And the website is hosho.io, H-O-S-H-O.io. Um, we're really easy to find, and we're, we're at every conference. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, he, uh, he was just, that last part, I had to hug him afterwards, Tony, because it was so about how uh, there's so much good coming out of all of this, you know? This 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 uh, idea that the blockchain is um, is going to bring bring something to the unbanked, uh, and I, I love that story.
Yeah, what what great energy that he has. I really, really enjoyed listening to him. And, and I run across a lot of these people in my crypto travels that just they see the potential and they're living it and they're building these, these products and services that really are so well intended to make the world a better place using this transparent technology. So, um, you know, I, I just uh, appreciate that he gets it and that he's doing his part like we all are just to contribute to the building of this economy. Well, we have to jump right away. We're out of time. But Tony Winders, thank you so much for uh, pulling all of this together. And this has been Lori Schwartz, your Tech Cat. Check out more uh, tweets and all sorts of content coming out of the Crypto Invest Summit. And there's another one coming up in a few months as well. And uh, you'll hear more from Tony and me in the near future on the crypto front. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 